There's a Merseyside derby and there's a Manchester derby, but there's plenty of evidence to suggest those games aren't the deepest and most angst-filled Northwest rivalry. Liverpool and Manchester United have won 39 league titles between them, and while United have been crowned as the champions of Europe three times, Liverpool have had that honour on six occasions. With Eric Ten Hag building something impressive at Old Trafford and Jurgen Klopp in the midst of an Anfield rebuild, this old local feud is reaching another fascinating point in its history. On Sunday, they do battle again. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. The big games need the big No, I've read that the wrong way. The big games need the big names. That'll teach me uh, not to proofread my script. Uh, We tempted Mark O'Hare out of the Beck Cave with a DVD of Bonnie Rig Rose against Forfer and a tin of shortbread so that he could give us his best bets. Mark, now that I've uh, got over that horrendous piece uh, of trying to read, uh, Liverpool have taken 10 points from their last four games. They've kept clean sheets in all of those games. Truth is, they're still far from their best, aren't they, really? Yeah, they are. They are. Um, they'll fancy their chances here, as they always do. They're unbeaten in six at home to Man United in the Premier League. They've only conceded one goal in the last seven home games against United across all competitions. So in head-to-head terms, you could see why there'd be a case to back Liverpool here. Uh, they do tend to raise their game, particularly at Anfield. Uh, the returning cavalry has certainly aided their, their sort of quest for a top-four finish. Um yeah, I'm, I'm still not at the trusting phase with Liverpool just yet. We were sceptical about their wins against Everton and Newcastle for differing reasons. Uh, we then saw them blown out of the water by by Real Madrid, despite the wonderful start. And then, um, yeah, things sort of, they took a different approach really at Palace last weekend, kind of unexpectedly really uh, in that nil-nil draw, where they seemed quite reluctant to try and engage in any sort of chaos. Um, they controlled possession possession a lot more refused to commit many players forward. Uh, it didn't really work out. They're a bit ponderous in possession and, you know, they're still sort of searching for that right balance. Um, weren't anywhere near as menacing as they were back in the day, as we know. Uh, the chaos, the intensity, the ferocity that we we expect from them has long gone, really. And, you know, midweek against Wolves, they had to work hard to, to break Wolves down. Eventually kind of ran away with the game a little bit. Wolves didn't offer a great deal. Uh, but yeah, there'll be massive confidence in the ranks defensively after keeping those clean sheets. Um, and also, I think the return of Canate and defence gives them an enormous boost yeah. because the record of him alongside Van Dijk has has been well documented how special that's been. But um, yeah, as I say, still not completely at the trusting phase. Even if you know Darwin's fit and Jota's return now as well, that there is a lot to to like about Liverpool possibly in a couple of weeks, but maybe not quite now. Although I should say, you know, Canate's return does does edge me a little bit further away from Man United perhaps to where I was on, on maybe Tuesday where I was looking at Man United plus a quarter in this game at, at around about 1.82 uh, we'd see you get paid uh, if United avoid defeat at Anfield uh, because they have really impressed me and I think they've impressed everyone with the uh, the speed of their rebuild under Ten Hag he's done a, a wonderful job now has silverware um, already in the, in the cabinet as well for United and they're certainly looking for more after their sort of second half turnaround against West Ham in midweek um, they've had a very Difficult run, obviously playing Barcelona twice, a cup final involved there as well. So there might be a bit of uh, lethargy in the in the tank, uh, but um, ultimately they've lost three Premier League games in 21 since that horror opening fortnight. They've got a better points points per game record than Man City over that 21 game sample. 
their only Premier League defeat since November was that last gasp defeat against Arsenal. Uh, and, and since the World Cup, they've they've got the best points return in the Premier League as well. So um, they've scored in the last 15. They've scored in 22 of 24 overall. You do fancy them to get a goal here. And if they do score, I think it'll be hard for Liverpool to, to kind of get the victory here. So I still do fancy United in terms of the prices and the lines. But, um, you know, just that return of... Uh, of Canate does kind of tilt me a little bit closer to, to an even battle here. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's quite nice of Emmett and his team really to kind of get the uh, the props up early doors this week for this match. So if you actually go into the bet builder, I found a, a better alternative, uh, probably a, a less pressurised alternative really, and that's to back both teams to to collect a card. Obviously a, a big derby match, you expect to, to be a full-blooded affair. Casemiro to commit two or more fouls, which he has done in I think nine of his 12 starts for Manchester United. And Marcus Rashford, the man at the moment, to have just one shot on target. That comes in at quite a tasty 2.5, that's 6-4. to four. So um, obviously not reliant on either team so to win the game, not reliant on goals in either way. You can sit back, try and avoid, enjoy some violence and obviously Marcus to do his thing in forward areas too. So 6-4 to four on that builder, that builder really does appeal to me. Yeah, trader and tipster Emmett O'Keefe allowed on the show, even though he supports Manchester United. He did such a good job uh, getting those markets up. I relented and let him come on the show. Um, can United actually make a decent push for the league, or is it too late? Um, I think it's yeah. I think I think again, it's kind of one of these things where it's it's the second of March, but you kind of it feels a lot later in the season than it actually is because we obviously we've had the world we've had the World Cup break. So the answer is yes, but it, it just it, it it just kind of feels unlikely given given the number of competitions that they're in. And also as well, despite their kind of United's outstanding record since the World Cup, this is a team that the kind of that that, that still I would say struggles in front of goal. Obviously, Vudveghorst contributes contributes to Man United in kind of in terms of kind of pressing and kind of team play. But he's still like if you compare him to say Gabriel Jesus coming back in Erling Haaland, he obviously suffers in comparison. Like over the season, Man United have scored 40, 41 league goals. Compare that to Man City with sixty four, to Arsenal with fifty six. So it just there there's definitely a gap there. And, and over the maybe closing fourteen games, I can see United maybe maybe kind of drawing a couple of games that that they should have won. It feels to me I'd feel more like a third or maybe kind of more more like a third place. Than, than a real title contender but obviously fingers crossed I'm wrong um, specifically before this game I'd agree with Mark I think the Ibrahima Konate comeback is absolutely huge for Liverpool the, the 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 gap in terms of like I think Konate at his when he's playing well as we saw in the one game in the one game he played in the World Cup I think he's close to a world class performer he's one of the best young centre halves in the world and the drop off from him to Joel Matip and kind of Joe Gomez is, is, is really big especially especially in kind of the situation Liverpool have been in where they're they haven't been getting the pressure on in midfield. So you're asking the centre back seed to do even more than they usually do. And in those instances you need a player with Kanate's pace and power and to kind of probably help out Virgil van Dijk who post knee injury isn't quite the physical specimen he once was. So I I do expect Kanate to make a big difference. Uh, Diogo Yata coming back I think I think is huge. Like it, it's been like I'm not it's been kind of a tough ask for Cody Gakpo to come into a team that's not playing that well and be like I kind of hit, hit the ground running, whereas I think asking Gakpo to maybe come off the bench and be and not and be a little bit less reliant on him, I, th- I think would be positive for him and for Liverpool also. I think Luis Diaz, I think, is not far from back of injury as yeah. well. So I think yeah. if you ultimately 
if if I was saying this to my Liverpool sporting friends that if 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 Canate stays fit, I think I think Liverpool just have too much too much too much weapons compared to the other top four contenders, and I would expect them just to, to finish top four ahead of uh, ahead of Tottenham, Tottenham and Newcastle. Um, for, for for this weekend's game, though, I. At the match price, I'd probably lean towards the draw in a game that's probably very, very hard to call. Like, say, if you the, the Liverpool are kind of seven to five to win the match, my United seven to four. The draw is five to two. The draw by far the biggest of the of the three prices there, and I just think I think this this kind of a I find it a hard game to call. As kind of Mark alluded to, Liverpool are kind of a different team uh, at Anfield versus not Liverpool. Uh, at home, we're the fourth best team in the Premier League this season, and away from home, they're the eleventh best team. So there's kind of there's a huge, huge kind of difference. And we've seen Liverpool, most of Liverpool's really bad days come away from home, like away to Wolves, away to Brighton, away to Napoli in the Champions League, and even when Liverpool were beaten by Real Madrid a couple of weeks ago. The, the expected goals figures would suggest that was a, that was a bit of a false result. Like the the, the XG were similar. I, 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 we had a better team of the night, but I don't think it was. <clears throat> I think it was more of a three-two game than a kind of a five-two game. I would say. So I, I think, and so I think this. Yeah, I, I struggled to split them. Just the, the angle I liked was Casemiro to score anytime. He at at, at 17, 17 to two. I think that 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 just looks quite big. He's five goals in all competitions this season. He had a goal shot back for being um, offside against West Ham during the week, and then and, 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 and so like he, he's kind of, but he, he's probably United's biggest threat from set pieces. And as I've kind of spoken on the podcast before, Liverpool are just Liverpool are really struggling in recent weeks that could defend set pieces. Uh, Craig Dawson and Eder Militao have scored, have scored a score from set plays in recent weeks. And we've seen James Tarkowski and Dan Byrne hit the woodwork and then Mark Way in their recent match because Crystal Palace went close as well. So I think Liverpool yeah. are vulnerable there. And Casemiro Casimir being pretty United's biggest set piece threat. And as we've seen, Casemiro is clearly a man for, 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 the big, for the big occasion. So at over eight to one, it looks a bit of small value to me. Now, the numbers cower before his might. Math Swiss and top tipster Mark Stinchkin is with us. Stinch, are you convinced by Liverpool's recent revival? Can they overhaul Newcastle and Tottenham? He's shaking his head already. Uh, can they overhaul them and get top four? I think they can overhaul them. I'm just, they're very difficult to trust, as Mark, as Mark says. You know, we saw them um, have a, a very professional couple of victories against um Everton uh, 2-0, Wolves last night 2-0, and then they go 2-0 up against Real Madrid and and collapse, essentially. Um, And then they go to Crystal Palace, and yes, they kept a clean sheet, but I think Palace could have taken the lead in that game, and then it might have been a similar story to how Liverpool have been on their travels, especially um, this year, you know, uh, Wolves shipping three, shipping three at Brighton, um, shipping three at Brentford. So, yeah, very, very difficult to trust. Um, you know, it's ironic that Alisson made that mistake against Real Madrid because he's if Liverpool hadn't had him this season, they'd have done even uh, yeah. worse. You know, he, he's kept he's kept so many uh, goals out that uh, an average goalkeeper probably would have conceded um, that Liverpool would be even lower in the division. So, yeah, it's very hard to trust them. It's so it's understandable that they're priced up here at a seven to five. So basically, it says the market says that Man United right now are the better team. 
And I think, you know, we can we can kind of accept that. We can get on board with that. United are a lot more consistent. Um, you know, don't don't aren't going, you know, regularly behind like Liverpool have been. So yeah, I think the, the market in that aspect is, is fine. Um, I've got really juicy five to one bet builder here, which I think is absolutely enormous, um, which I'm quite excited about. Um it's Diego Dallo to pick up a card and commit two fouls at five to one. Um, wow. He's picked up a card in eight of his last 14 matches outside of Old Trafford. Um, we saw him pick up a card uh, last weekend in the uh, in the cup final. Well, and... He had to go off, didn't he? Because he was, they had to bring one Bissaka on because he was struggling so much. Mm-hmm. He commits uh, just under a foul per game in the Premier League, but away from home that increases to 1.3 per game, and it's likely he will be up at the up against the pacey Darwin Nunes, and uh, I think that will definitely give uh, an opportunity for fouls to be committed and ultimately yellow cards to be given. So, as Mark says, this is likely that this is a three and a half uh, card line. Uh, just check in here with the f- uh, overs, the favourite. Uh, oh wow it's a four and a half game uh card line so basically it's expected that we get four cards and then you have to bet essentially whether you see five or more so yeah in a game which is very card heavy expectancy then a five to one on Dallo picking up a card looks uh, enormous it looks to me like Emmett was sending out messages going is this actually the price have we messed this up this seems big <laughs> that's a good bet that Emmett seems to me definitely yeah. I think the I think we're kind of yeah. I think it's I think those kind of fouls angles where you can kind of kind of find the matchup where where the player will draw draw more fouls. It's kind of what you want to be looking at in terms of value and Darwin Darwin Nunez play, playing against Dallo certainly one of those Dallo as well as his card card record indicate is one of the most I'd say cynical fullbacks in the league. So I think you'll you'll definitely get a chance to win that bet. Yeah, while Emmett sends out an email titled, What Have We Done? I can tell you that this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus C gambleaware.org. Mark has a selection from Germany. The Nico Kovac derby between Wolfsburg and Frankfurt or the Oliver Glasner derby, depending on which way you look at it. Yeah, um, just keeping it simple, really. Uh, over two and a half goals when, between Wolfsburg and Eintracht Frankfurt on Sunday um, stands out to me at 1.86, uh, just a big price. We talked about this last week, uh, just to kind of reiterate the point, but uh, the Bundesliga is averaging 3.2 goals per game. 61% of games have gone over two and a half goals. If we turn that 61% hit rate into implied odds, it would suggest for over two and a half goals in a blanket game would be 1.64. We know that's not the right way to price things, but it gives you a basic idea of probabilities and, and a kind of a, an idea of a price, which we could see in a standard game. And I think here we've got two teams with full full of potential to go forward, uh, defences which can be vulnerable or fragile at the best of times, uh, and plenty to play for too. So uh, more than happy to get involved in goals. Um, Wolfsburg's games at home at the Volks Ragen Regen have been the highest scoring in the Bundesliga. They've been pretty wild, actually. Four goals per game, eight of ten have gone overs, seven of ten have gone over three and a half goals. Uh, Frankfurt have seen nine of 11 away games feature both teams scoring. Seven of those 11 away games have seen over two and a half goals, including last weekend's trip to RB Leipzig. Um, so I think there's great potential for a, another game here. Both teams um, obviously pushing for European uh, qualification. Team news is all positive of all key players in forward areas fit and available for both sides. And also the underlying metrics also support a, a goal-heavy game here too. So just surprised that we're going to get a, an over two and a half goal line here on a, a game between two teams who consistently beat it too. So yeah, over two and a half goals at Wolfsburg. 
Now, the MLS is back. Yay. Now, look, I might not have missed it while it was away, but Stinch did because he's good at making money from it. And he has a pick for us today. Yeah, I quite like these uh, leagues that I get played essentially when we have a summer break. So it's very good to keep sort of brushed up on them during the, our sort of normal season. You know, I think of the MLS, I think of the Swedish, Olverskan, uh, Brazil, Syria. Um, in my mind, there's like, you know, there's there's lots of good opportunities because it doesn't have as many eyes on the leagues, essentially. Um, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Orlando City against Cincinnati. I think Orlando are a bit short here at evens, but I'm not really one that wants to get involved in the three-way. It's the over two and a half goals here, chalked up at, at five to six. I think it's just absolutely enormous. Um, I've no idea how this is kind of chalked up as a 50-50. There's, you know, MLS generally is a very goal-heavy league, and I don't expect this game to be any different. There's only one game in the league this weekend that's a bigger price for overs. So that this is, again, why I feel this is a little bit out of line. Um, Orlando, uh, 11 of the last 14, over two and a half goals. Uh, 12 of the last 17 at home, over 2.5. Very strong trends. Cincinnati, 10 of the last 15 overs. Away from home, 15 of the last 25. So no change really de dependent on whether they're home or away. Uh, one, we The MLS restarted last week, so just one game so far this season. Um, I just thought it was really amusing that uh, Cincinnati's last friendly uh, pre-season, which was the week before, uh, against Nashville, who are typically on the lower side of goals in MLS, actually finished 6-3, um, just to give you a, like a, a sample of, of what potentially could happen um, in general in the MLS. Um, yeah, Orlando kept hold of last season, two top scorers in, in Urkan Kara and Facundo Torres. In the MLS, they do lots of this trading rubbish so you really have to sort of keep an eye on whether teams have kept hold of players. Um, it, it's bizarre, you know, some of the some of the team's best players for some reason that they let go, and yeah, it's very weird. Uh, but anyway, they've kept hold of them. Uh, Cincinnati the same. They've got Bremer up front, uh, Brandon Vasquez, uh, Luciano Acosta just in the hole. They actually signed Sergio Santos as well, who scored in his debut last weekend, who's uh, another good MLS striker. So plenty, plenty of goals in, in both teams. And um, we actually talked about Orlando just two games ago, albeit way back in October on the podcast. Um, I remember it well. <laughs> that was, uh, I think it was decision day, um, which is what they call in MLS when generally all the teams play at the same time and kind of things like playoffs are, are, are decided. Um, and that day, um, overs in Orlando was 8-13, to 13, which I thought was quite big. Um, I just added both teams to score to, to make it a bit more attractive. Uh, but here, we don't even need to do that, so not even rely on, on both teams coming to the fore. Um, and likewise, on the same weekend, I talked about um, back in their opponent Cincinnati to score goals away at DC United. I think they might have won 5-2. Um, and, I, you know, I was just backing over 1.5 Cincinnati goals. So, again, two teams that um, I've, I've regularly sort of sided with for, for goals. And, yeah, I don't think this will go off at 5-6. to six. Back to the Premier League, an enormous game in the relegation scrap as Nottingham Forest take on Everton. Emmett, has the Sean Dyche bounce stopped already? Yeah, I, I, it's more that like the, I think you could have two, two kind of, it could have immovable objects come against each other. The Sean Dyche versus kind of Everton's lack of striking talent. And I think, unfortunately, as much, I, I think Dyche has clearly made them more competitive and their kind of underlying numbers are quite good. But ultimately, if you have Neil Mope or Ellis Sims up top, it's, it's going to be hard to score goals. It's going to be hard for them to stay in the Premier League. As I've kind of said in recent weeks, I think Everton's kind of survival hopes re realistically revolve around Dominic Calvert-Lewin 
come back to fitness and seeing at least kind of 80, 80 or 90% of the player that we saw kind of make England squads. Because at, at the moment, I think w- without him, they look they look fairly doomed. They, they don't but he's make... made of Lego, bless him. I mean, you know, you want him to do well, but he's just injured all the time. I know it's kind of as well like it's it's kind of when you've like the likes of Bournemouth spending and Southampton spending over fifty million in the in the kind of January window, and then you see kind of Everton kind of shopping around for, in the kind of free agent market. You you, you you kind of see what kind of dire straits Everton are in. Everton's top score this season, would you believe, is Damari Gray with three goals, which again, that, wow. that, that, yeah, again. <laughs> Like there's, like even there's, there's only so much you can do with with, the, with kind of that kind of paucity of kind of attacking resources. Forest aren't much better on the other on, in terms of goal scoring. Brennan Johnson's their top scorer with, with five goals. And my kind of before I give a tip, my general kind of life advice for this would be: don't watch this game. Like if you if you if you if you, if you usually watch Premier League in a, in a early afternoon, just say, go out with the missus, meet your parents, just do. So don't watch this. I think this will be. I think this. I think this will be one of the worst games of the season. You have the two worst attacks uh, in in the league statistically. So my advice would be: back both teams to score now at the exchange on the exchange at around. 184. I think this will be a really edgy, kind of nervy game between two bad attacks. And if one team goes 1 0 up, they'll kind of drop anchor and park the bus and kind of try and hold out for a win. So I I, I, I thought I thought both teams score team score will be a bit shorter, but but I, I I wouldn't put anyone off backing the the kind of the straight up nil nil at a bigger price of around uh, of over eight point on the exchange as well. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm led to believe uh, that you can get a uh, £5 free bet if you make a £5 bet builder on Manchester United's trip to Liverpool. So if you are interested in that uh, Dallow uh, bet that uh, Stinch put together, that might be worth checking out for you. T's and C's in the description, 18+. See gambleaware.org. It's time to go Liga crazy. Uh, we are focusing on three games between now and the end of the show from France's top division. Mark, we'll start with you. It is uh, Reims in action. Will still, I'm sure people will have heard this story by now, uh, but he is um, this kind of Belgian-English hybrid. He's 30. He's the youngest coach in Liga. He's not even got his pro licence. Reims are having to pay a fine every time he's on the touchline. But he's unbeaten in something like 17 games. He was promoted uh, from within uh, to take the top job, and he's been absolutely brilliant so far. He has. The transition from uh, Oscar Garcia, his predecessor to him, has been just uh, just incredible, really. Uh, as you say, he's still unbeaten in league on action um, since taking charge originally on, a, on an interim basis back in mid-October. Uh, seven wins, eight draws, zero defeats. Only PSG, Nice and Monaco have earned more points in that sequence. PSG 34, Nice, Monaco 30, Rams 29 points. So they're not far off being one of the best teams in a division during his stint. Uh, they actually haven't lost since September uh, across all venues um, and coaches in, in league domestic action. And the home record has been absolutely exceptional under Will Still. Six wins, two draws, zero defeats, 17 scored, four against. The draws were both nil-nil against Nice, who are rejuvenated, revived, uh, and PSG, who they've actually held home and away under Will Still. So uh, a real feather in the cap there. But uh, the most recent three home results have been really, really impressive and performances too. Uh, they dispatched Toulouse 3-0, uh, Troyes 4-0 and Lorient 4-2. So they've actually scored three goals or more in four of their last five home league outings. And if you look at the 16-game form table, 
in terms of the underlying metrics, Rams are ranked second in terms of expected goals ratio, which shows the results aren't just fluke. They are playing seriously well. I fully expected them to continue that, continue that hot streak against uh, Ajaxio this weekend, who will have to pull off a bit of a minor miracle if they're not to finish in the bottom four come May. They're a very poor team. They're a squad with basically League Two or League Duh standard players, I should say. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of highlighted by the fact that uh, they've lost seven of nine games in 2023. The two matches that they have won came against their fellow sort of battlers, no hopers, Angers and uh, Troyes, who are also going to be getting relegated this season because they're awfully dreadful as well. Uh, their record overall this term against bottom against sides um, outside of the bottom four reached two wins, two draws and 16 defeats. So 16 defeats and 20 against the best teams in the league for uh, Ajaxio. They scored just 13 goals and conceded 43. That's the- really dreadful, isn't it? When you put it all together, you think that this is not a team that should be at this level. Really. No, they, they stink the place out most of the time as well. They just play for points, uh, especially away from Corsica. I think most island teams do have trouble when they go away. For uh, Ajaxio, traditionally, are, are desperate away from home. They've got the worst away non-penalty expected goals record in the division as well. So um, Rams, understandably, are, are sort of getting bitten into a reasonably short price at 1.67. We can back Rams minus three quarters on the Asian handicap, minus 0.75. Um, basically uh, get a full stakes payout if they win by two goals or more but we still get a half stakes winner if they just win the game by exactly one goal uh, and that comes in at, at 1.89 which is uh, quite appealing actually it's banked uh, or they've actually won by two goals or more in four of the last five home games fully expect them to get the points here and it should be quite comfortable because as I say Jaxio are awful these island teams need to stop their players swimming to away games. They're knackered by the time they get there. It just doesn't work. Uh, Stinch, you've got a game for us as well. Marseille, man alive. What happened to them? They beat Paris Saint-Germain in Le Classique. Then in the league, Paris Saint-Germain tore them into tiny little strips and scattered them all over the pitch. And then they lost on penalties to Annecy uh, in midweek in the Coupe de France. That's the place where we used to go on French exchange trips. I didn't even know they had a team. What is going on with Marseille? Uh, should we describe it as Eagle, Tudor, Ball? I don't know. Can can we? We got enough data to suggest that. I think the funny thing I loved about the penalty shootout was they're actually ahead in the penalty shootout as well, and they still contrived to, to lose it. So, yeah, lots of uh, volatility. Um, but I think that's... Uh, what we're seeing not just in France you know with PSG obviously they they were um, struggling not so long ago um, and now they've you know put a couple of uh, wins together it's just think, something I think we're seeing across Europe uh, and I, I think it's no surprise with this strange season with having the World Cup uh, sort of chopped in the middle of it so um, yeah I'm not going to try and work out who's going to win the game uh, I just thought uh, overs look quite a nice price around about uh, 1.81 on the exchange um, you know this is a big game in the battle for Champions League football Marseille are second uh, but they're just two points clear of, of uh, Monaco and, and Lons. Uh, Rennes sit just behind uh, those two in fifth but they're only just ahead of, of Lille and Nice so I'm not sure we're, we're, we're going to see. I think we would like quite like to see a Liga title race. I think we're going to see a title race, but I think the battle for European football next season is going to be fun. Um, and I, I think that, uh, yeah, as a result of that, we'll, we'll see teams attacking uh, to try and get the three points rather than maybe um, defend and, and take the one point. Uh, I don't think it's no surprise looking at goals here, especially with, uh, with the firepower that Ren possess in uh, Amin Gouri, um, Kalimwendo, who came from PS, Good player. Uh, and uh, 
it can be who they've um, also acquired in the transfer window from Lyon. Um, they seem to acquire a lot of players from uh, Lyon. Um, uh, Martin Terrier, who's out at the moment injured, he's another one yeah. that came from Lyon alongside Goury. Um, Martin obviously got Alexis Sanchez, who's having a little bit of a renaissance. But I quite like their January business in bringing on, uh, bringing in Malinowski and uh, Vitinha. Vitinha hasn't had many minutes so far, so I'd like to see him get a little bit more game time, but at least he'll be a, a threat off the bench uh, potentially. Uh, but both sides are top five for shots. I think it's reflected statistically in their over 2.5 records. Uh, Rennes, 68% of their matches see over 2.5 goals, but that rises to 77% at home. So I think, you know, the fact they're in front of their own fans, it leads to a more open uh, game. And uh, Marseille against the top 10 this season, seven of their 12 matches have gone over 2.5 goals. Uh, and as we saw against uh, PSG and even in the in the cup, um, we're not reliant on them contributing all the time. Uh, they are susceptible uh, defensively. So I generally think these Sunday night games in, in France are really fantastic. They always seem to have something happening. If it's not goals, it will be cards. Uh, or controversy um, and they seem to no surprise really pick the the biggest fixture of the weekend and stick it on Sunday night so yeah looking forward to this one as, as always on a Sunday evening. Now one of the teams that Mark placed in the dumpster fire that is the bottom of Liga was Angers they're away at Montpellier Mark and I'm assuming you don't give Angers much of an opportunity. Nah not really um, I mean I'm running out of words to describe bad teams on this podcast but they are <laughs> they are a disaster garbage yeah. rubbish yeah trash. they are i'll start on montpellier though, disgrace I, I think there's i think there's positive uh words we can describe to montpellier a team who traditionally are quite a, a lively side uh, they've had a difficult campaign but um they have picked up since Mikhail de Zakarian returned to the club uh, last month. They've uh, won two and drawn one of their three games under his tutorship, including a really solid point against Lons last weekend. They did so without their star playmaker, Teji Savanier, who was suspended, and not for the first time, but he's back yeah, this weekend. Cup's gonna say, of course he was. <laughs> Real live wire, wonderful guy to watch, uh, not just for his ability on the ball, but he loses his head all the time. Um if he can keep it together, I think Pelé have got a great opportunity this weekend. Uh, Eli Wally, the, the really exciting youngster uh, attacker, is due back again as well this weekend. Uh, he's being watched by Arsenal. Um, so Montpellier will be close to full strength. Um, they've won seven of ten against the bottom six this season. Uh, they're going upwards in their trajectory. I fully expect them to beat Angers. Just very surprised you can get them at 1.89 just to win the game. Uh, this is nap material for the weekend for me um, because Angers are the worst team in the division by some distance. Um, they are already planning for Ligue 2. They're 11 points adrift uh, of safety. They have lost 19 of 25 league games this season, uh, including nine of 12 away. They scored seven goals away from home, considered 25. And I think probably the most damning and the most embarrassing statistic of the lot is their record since September's international break reads zero wins, two draws, 15 defeats. So that's two points from a possible 51 on offer. Uh, And I'll just read that stat out again. Montpellier 1.89 to win against a team who've lost 19 of 25 games. And picked up two points from 51. So, you know, very straightforward to me. Home win. 
Yes, absolutely. Wow. Uh, by the way, we allow producer Jack, who you don't get to see or listen to, we allow him a little calculator to amuse himself while we're recording the show. And he's been combining uh, Mark O'Hare's Liverpool Manchester United uh, bet selections uh, with Stinch's bet builder. If you put those together, apparently you get a combined price of 14.38, so worth uh, keeping an eye on that. That's all we have time for, sadly, on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other shows on the uh, Betfair network, including plenty of racing content ahead of the Cheltenham Festival. From Mark, from Stinch, from Emmett, from the dreadful Angers team, and from me, it's goodbye for now.